I want to share with you guys how to be filthy rich, right? How to be filthy rich. And um, so basically, if, uh, if you step on a bunch of people and you work hard enough and you get all this money um, and you keep it all for yourself, right, that's how to be filthy rich. That's all you got to do. Just kidding. That's not what you have to do at all. Um, I want to share with you this passage that uh, that comes out of First Corinthians, and uh, it's a it's a slightly different take um, on our finances, on on what we have, and uh, and so if you will, just kind of walk with me as we we kind of journey through this passage. Now, uh, let me just set the stage for a minute. Paul, the apostle, wrote this letter to the church in Corinth. And let me just kind of give you a little backdrop of what's happening in this passage, okay? So uh, Paul wrote this letter to the church in Corinth because Corinth was having all kinds of issues, all right? There was a lot of division in the church. There was a lot of struggles going on. And um, like, for instance, some of the, some of the guys were saying, uh, this guy by the name of Apollos, well, Apollos is my pastor. I'm following him, and, and whatever he says goes, and I'm going to do that. And then other people in the church in Corinth were saying, well, I follow Paul. Paul's my guy, and whatever Paul says is, is the truth, and you know, whatever Apollos says is junk. And, and, and it was just creating all this tension and all this division. And so Paul wrote this letter to try to encourage the church uh, to, to, hey, be unified, be together. Let's, let's turn the corner on this. It's not about Paul. It's not about Apollos. It's not about any of that kind of stuff. And so, so kind of keep that in mind as we, we jump into this scripture uh, today. And like I said, we're learning about how to be filthy rich. All right? So in 1 Corinthians 3, um, start, let's, let's jump in. Uh, to chapter 3, verse 11. This says, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. No one can lay a foundation other than that which has already been laid. Okay, so... In that context, what Paul was saying was the church has already been established there in Corinth. The foundation has already been laid, and the, the foundation is Jesus. Okay? Newsflash. The foundation here at Hope City the, the, is Jesus Christ. Okay? I don't, if y'all didn't know that, that's what we celebrate. Okay? That's what we're here for because we believe that Jesus came, lived a perfect, sinless life, provided a way into community with God. That's why we do what we do because we believe that when people meet Jesus, when their foundation gets laid in Jesus, that it changes everything about them. All right, so, so that's the picture, all right? Um, Paul uses this idea, kind of a, uh, the illustration of a building, right? He calls Jesus the foundation of the church, the foundation of our lives. If you're going to build a building, you need to have a foundation. You need to have a good foundation. Like, I don't know if you've been over to our place over in, in Motsinger, but I remember when, when they first started, uh, you know, clearing the land and doing all the kind of stuff for the building that's going to be out there, I remember thinking, it's taking a really long time. 
Like, I'm, I'm not really seeing. I just saw him clear some land, and then, and then that was it for a long time. But what I didn't realize is whenever you build a building, there's a lot of work that happens underground. Stuff you can't see. Pipes that are run, wiring that's happened, plumbing, all this kind of stuff that happens deep under the ground. And then they, they lay all this concrete out, and, and that's the, the foundation. And it sets the stage for this building to be built. Now hear me. We're not talking about a brick-and-mortar building today. We're talking about this right here. All of us are the faith community that is the church, the body of Christ. And the foundation is Jesus. That's what Paul was saying is that the foundation, the substructure that sets the stage for the entire building process is Jesus. He laid the groundwork, get this, for God's dwelling place. And it's not on Motzinger Road. God's dwelling place, his building where he takes up residence is in you and in me. It's personal and it's communal. He's building a building not out of brick and mortar, but out of flesh and blood out of humanity. And it all starts when that person meets Jesus Christ and the foundation is laid. And that's what Paul's saying is that foundation is being laid and it's in Jesus. Get this, the only foundation that God's work can stand on is Jesus Christ. That's it. His life and his example and when you read through the Gospels about who Jesus was and what he did, that sets the stage for a firm foundation in understanding the rest of the building that God wants to build in your life and in my life and in the corporate life of this faith family. It all starts with Jesus. That's why we go do VBSs in the community. That's why we go down uh, into downtown High Point. It's why we go to Winston-Salem. It's why we go across the world to Haiti and to Israel and to all these different places that we travel. We go hoping that God will give us the opportunity to see the foundation laid in Jesus Christ. We're building a building that's made out of flesh and blood. And it all started with the fact that Jesus Christ laid the perfect foundation. He's the cornerstone. He's the reason. All right, so, so get this. It goes on in verse 12, and it says... If anyone builds on that foundation, listen to this, with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw. All right, hang on right there. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. Okay, so, so we have two very different categories of things that you can build on the foundation with, right? Gold, silver, and precious stones which represent things of value, things that were precious. Back in that day, if you had gold and silver and precious stones, you were probably pretty rich. 
And today, if you got a lot of gold and silver and precious stones, then you probably got some money, right? Hanging around somewhere. Um, they're valuable, right? So, so, so these things are meant to communicate value. And then on the other side, you have wood, hay, and straw. Now, wood, hay, and straw is, is common. That represents common items. They don't have much value in and of themselves, but... Uh, they can be utilized into having value. I want to explain that in a little bit. These things, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, they represent the raw building materials that we've been given here on earth. Think about this. The corporate body that's us, the church of Jesus, and you, As a follower of Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus, the foundation has been laid for you. And God is giving us the opportunity to build a building that's all about him. Build a structure, a dwelling place. Y'all know that's the purpose of a building, right? The purpose of, of the reason that there's a school here and the house that you live in and the church that we're building down there, like all that, the reason that we're doing it is because it's stinking cold outside, right? And we all don't want to hang out in the cold all the time. We want a dwelling place. We want a place where we can hang out and be together. You have a house because you need a place to stay, a place to live, right? God is wanting to create a building, a dwelling place in you. And it's all about his glory, all about the story that he's creating. And so get this, as we walk through our life, he's given us raw building materials. Some of them are precious and valuable, gold, silver, precious stones. Some of them are wood, hay, and straw, meaningless stuff. So watch this. I want to share a few observations out of this. First off, The foundation is Jesus and it can't be changed. That's the only thing that God gets glory out of is when people meet Jesus. When we do things in the name of Jesus, that's why we exist, okay? So the foundation is Jesus. Second thing is this. We can build upon that foundation. Like, like that's awesome if you know Jesus and you've met him, but guess what? This purpose, like if the sole purpose of us was just to meet Jesus and that was it, then like the moment that we said yes to Jesus, I think God would just like, like Star Trek beam us up. Where'd Brent go? Oh, he just met Jesus, right? No, there's a reason why we're walking around on the face of this planet. There's a reason that you're taking in breath right now. You're here for a purpose, and it's the building that God is wanting to build that's known as his body, the church, and, and, and personally a relationship that he wants with you. So listen, the foundation can be built on. You can build upon the foundation of Jesus. So a couple questions for you is this. Who is building on your foundation? Who's building on your foundation? Who are you receiving truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ from? And even a better question, are you building on your foundation? You getting the word? Are you spending time with God? Or are you just satisfied with, with having a foundation? Like, what if we did that? 
What if we were like, all right, that building on Motsinger, we're just going to lay the foundation, and we're going to do all this work to get this foundation just right. It's going to be perfect. This like this smooth uh, concrete foundation. And then we're like, all right, guys, the church is here. Come check it out. I mean, that wouldn't make sense, would it? No. Like the purpose of the foundation is to build a building on it. The purpose of the foundation of Jesus, the purpose of you giving your life to Christ and saying, God, I want you to take my life is so that God uses your life, empowers us to be agents of change in this community. He wants to build something beautiful out of your story and out of mine out of this corporate thing that we call church. That's what he's wanting. So the question is, are you building on it? Or are you just okay with having the foundation? Here's another question. What's being built? What are you building? Like, think about this. The foundation of Jesus is the most perfect beautiful, firm foundation that there ever was. What are you building on it? Are you building the lean-to? Or are you building the Taj Mahal? Like, wouldn't it be silly if we created this huge building and laid this amazing foundation and then we just put a tent on it? Put a little lean-to up there? Yeah, we got all this awesome groundwork, foundation's beautiful. Let's throw some logs up there and make a little teeny little cabin to hang out in. No. Why would we do that with our lives? The foundation is firm, it's beautiful, it's perfect. It's set to create something beautiful. Now when I say, are you building the Taj Mahal, I'm not talking about your money and your, your, uh, your cars and your house. And, and I, I need people to think I'm a really good Christian, so I've got to have a bigger house and I've got to have better cars and I've got I to have all this money and like all this stuff. That's not, thank you, yes, Lord, I'll take it. I don't know if y'all saw that or not. Holy Spirit just in and out, right? He's, he's, he's quick. Um, what was I saying? I totally lost my track. No, um, but like God is wanting us to, to, to utilize those things. It's not about looking good or, 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 or this kind of, I don't know, some kind of picture of, of what it looks like to be a Christian in America, to have all this stuff and be okay and, and everything's fine because you've got the house and car and all that kind of stuff. No, no, no. What's being built? <laughs> is God's dwelling place beautiful? Is it something worth looking at? Because think about this, God takes broken, messed up stuff, my life and yours, and creates something beautiful out of it. And so, I don't know about you, but the building that I want to build, the dwelling place that I want God to have for me, impacts all of my life, everything. Like, like, I want God to build something beautiful in my personal life as a follower of him. I want God to build something beautiful in the relationship that I have with my, with my wife, in the relationship that I have with my kids, in how I manage my finances, in how I utilize the house and the car and the food and the everything that God has blessed me with. I'm saying, God, build something that's beautiful. That people look at and go, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Not good job, Brent, but dang, God's doing something. That's what I pray for. That's what I want. What's being built out of the mess and the raw material junk that's in my life? 
And then lastly is this, what are you building with? What are you building with? Are you building with gold, silver, precious stones? Are you building with wood, hay, and straw? Because here's the deal. We're talking about things that are eternal, gold, silver, and precious stones, versus things that are temporary, wood, hay, and straw. Eternal things last forever. Temporary things are just here, and then they're gone. Think about this. Does God dwell in the mansion that you're building, or does he take residence in the in-law suite? Right? Like, newsflash, I don't know if y'all have in-law suites, if you have that house, but or if you, if you are the in-laws. Like, the reason that people create the little separate tiny house on the side is because they don't want your mess in their own house. Right? I love my parents, but they can stay in the house they're at. Right? Like, is what is being built out of the story of our life something that God is getting glory for? In every moment, in every day, or are we pushing him over to the outhouse in the back and saying, God, I, you, you take this space, all right? You can have this little in-law suite tiny thing over here, and I'm, I'm gonna, this is what I'm going to build right here for me. You can, have a, you can have a moment, you can have a piece of it, but, but that's all. Does God's dwelling place represent who he is? All right, so this is where it gets real. In verse 13, look at this with me. Paul says, each one's work will become manifest, which means it will be clarified, it will be shown. Each one's work will be seen, for the day will disclose it, all right? meaning judgment. Then when, when Jesus comes back, when God judges all of humanity, that's what the day is. The day will disclose it, listen to this, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Now, this is the way I used to think. Um, I thought about, I thought this for a long time, actually. Uh, I thought that, 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 like, this is the picture. I became a follower of Jesus, and so, um, like, I'm a Christian. I get to go through my life and do my thing, and there's grace, and Jesus forgives me, and all that fun stuff, right? And then, when, when judgment happens, like when God comes back and, and it says he judges humanity, okay? This is the picture that I had. Like, there was this humongous line of sinners, I the dirty, broken, messed up people, right? And they're all in this line over here. And, and like God is down at the end and he's standing there and, he, and he's like talking to all the people. And he's like, tell me all the stuff you did for your life, you know? And, and, he, and they're all, and he's like, yeah, you go to hell and you go to hell and all that kind of stuff, right? And, 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 then, and then I, as a follower of Jesus, I'm like skipping past the guys in the line, heading right on into heaven. See y'all, that's been fun. That's the picture that I had in my, like, like that's what I thought it looked like. I get off scot-free, I just walk on in, pearly gates, sit on down, enjoy the presence, and then all those people, they're the hell people, right? Guess what? I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm still sinful. Like, I might have sinned this morning, possibly. Like, I, st I still screw up. Now, is there grace for that? Absolutely. But what this passage says is that I will be given, I will be giving an account for my life. The good, the bad, the ugly. My life will be made manifest, which means it will be clearly opened up for God to see, and I hope not y'all. 
because I'm screwed up, right? But my work will be made manifest because God is going to judge what I have done on the face of this planet. I have to give an answer for the building that is being built, the dwelling place of God that is me. I have to give an answer for that. You have to give an answer for that if you're a follower of Christ. We have to give an answer for what we have done on this earth, the time that we have spent here because we're sinful and we're in need of refining. That's what fire does. It purifies. It refines the stuff that gets put into the fire. And so, so get this. Watch this. In verse 14, it says, If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives. If the work that we have put into building on top of this foundation, which is who? What? Jesus, right? Jesus' foundation. If, if the work that we have built on the foundation survives, he will receive an, a reward. I don't even know what that means, honestly. Like, I don't know when I stand before God at the end of my life and I go, God, this is what I've done. This is the work that I have done and, 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 and all the good stuff and the, the, like, like the blessings and whatever, like the, the, how, how, I've, how I've been empowered and used by him and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what kind of reward I'm going to get. But honestly, that's not what I'm doing this for. It's not because I'm trying to get some reward. It's because I have an intense, intimate love relationship with my father because I know what he's done for me. And, and so, so it says, if that survives, built on the foundation, I'm going to receive a reward. We will receive rewards. But listen to this in verse 15. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. I've thought about that verse a lot for a long time. And I've always wondered, what does suffer loss mean? What does it mean to have your work burned up and to suffer loss? The word suffer loss basically means that a business transaction went bad. It meant like like, uh, I was going to give something to somebody and they were going to give me some money in exchange for it and somehow it fell through. That's what that means, that a business transaction went bad. An opportunity was missed. And so as I thought about that passage, what does it mean for me to stand before God and some of my work is going to be burned up? What does it mean to suffer loss? And what I think, and this is totally Brent International Version, all right? This is not like some deep theological truth. This is just what I think this passage means is that one day I'm going to have to stand before God and there's going to be this moment when all of my life is like spread out and I can look at it from the time that I entered this planet and the time that he chooses to take me home and I'm going to see these moments where I allowed God to do something awesome then I'm going to see the moments where I didn't. 
the opportunities that he was handing me to build something beautiful in his name, to provide a dwelling place for him where he gets glory out of my life and yours. And I missed it. Maybe it's because I was selfish. Maybe it's because I wasn't paying attention. I don't know why. But I missed the opportunity. And I'm pretty doggone sure that those moments outweigh the beautiful. At least for me. Maybe you're way better than I am. I hope you are. But doggone it. think about all those missed opportunities that I've had in my life and I'm like God I don't want that I don't want that to be the story of my life so watch this I want to leave you with two illustrations there's two pictures to think about sometimes God gives us gold, silver, and precious stones. Those are, those are few and far between, right? Because they're valuable. Gold, silver, and precious stones are valuable. You can't get them every day. They're expensive. And so sometimes God just hands us a nugget of gold. And what I think that looks like is like those moments that somebody comes up to me and they're like, dude, I need Jesus. Like I need to know Jesus. And I get to, to, to minister to that person and to watch them walk into the kingdom of God as a follower of him and, and lay that foundation. That's where it's like God just hands you a piece of gold. He's like, hey, check it out. Boom, here it is. Every now and again in my life, we come across that. Gold, silver, precious stones. I get like a home run moment, right? Where God like soft pitches his things. I like hit it. Boom. Yes, that's fun. But then there's a lot of wood, hay, and straw. And the wood, hay, and straw is all the meaningless junk. And what I mean by that is my car, my house, the money that I have, the food that I eat, all the stuff in my life that is going to burn. Can't take it with me. It doesn't matter. It is all meaningless junk. But here's the thing. We can take something that's meaningless and utilize it for the kingdom. We uh, we just bought a house not too long ago, and we're in the middle of this crazy renovation and fixing stuff. And we like to do all this as much as we can ourselves. So it's going to take a long time. And um, I came home one day, and my wife had decided to knock this wall down in our house. And I'm like, "Hey, good job. That's fun." Now what? <laughs> um, but she took this wall down, and um, and it looked cool and stuff, and that was fun. And so I go to work next day, come back the next day, and and I, I'm out in the carport. There's this like big thing, and it looks like a table. And I'm like, what? It's a it's it's a table without legs. And I was looking at it, and I was like, dang, that's a pretty cool table. Like, uh, I mean, but there's no legs, so maybe my wife like went and got it half off right at a store. Like table no legs. Come on. Where's Chris Vite? Don't know. Um, but as I started looking at it, okay, and I was I was walking around it and I was picking it up, looking at it and stuff, and and I realized the wall that my wife had knocked down, we had wood paneling in our house. She took all that wood paneling and pieced it together to create a tabletop. Stained it, it looks really cool, it's old and rustic looking. And then she took the door frame 
of the door and put it underneath it to create the frame for the table. And then she's going to make legs out of something, I don't know, some wood she finds somewhere, knock something else down, right? And I was looking at that, and I was like, dude, like, you could sell that. I mean, you could make money off that. And then all of a sudden, it hit me. That is how we take wood, hay, and straw and make something beautiful and valuable out of it. The junk that's in our life, the cars, the, the, all the things that we have, our money, our house, all that stuff, it's going to burn, right? doesn't matter. It's meaningless. But what we can do is take all that meaningless stuff and put it together and create something beautiful that's valuable that one day someone's going to benefit from. So we can do that with all the stuff in our life. Or the other option is number two, if we don't utilize the meaningless stuff, if our life is built on get more, uh, spend more for you, keep it all yourself, keep it all together, make it look like you've got all this stuff and your life is going to be totally comfortable and all that kind of stuff. If you take all the wood hand straw and you just start bringing it all in and just keeping it all together and trying to have all this stuff, that moment where we have to stand before God and we're refined by fire, here's the picture is we're standing in this humongous pile of ashes because it's meaningless and it'll burn. That picture comes up over and over and over again in my life. That's why I'm motivated to be a follower of Christ is because not not out of this compulsion that like I got to do something and God's going to be happy with it and so on and so forth. No, no, no. This isn't some workspace like let's measure how saved we are by how much we do. No. This is God, I know you're giving me raw building material and I want to be as creative as I can to figure out how to do this thing that is honoring you. This is why our money matters. This is why our stuff matters because God is giving us opportunities to take uh, raw junk and create kingdom moments in our lives. So I want to ask you, what are you doing with the raw building material? Are you using it? Using it for yourself? Using it for other people? Using it for God? Are you building something beautiful out of what God is handing you? Or are you just waiting for the gold, silver, and precious stones? If you would, bow your heads and close your eyes, because here's what I want to do. Man, if if this has connected with you, and and you're like, man... I'm I'm out of order, like like the, the I'm I'm totally you know after the wood hay and straw and 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 I, I'm I'm building this thing for myself and man I just I'm a follower of Jesus but I've missed the mark along the way. What I'd like to ask you, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, is if you want to turn that corner and you want to say, "All right, God, teach me to utilize the things that you have given me for your kingdom." If that's you, I just, just want you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you right here corporately. If that, yes, 
right? If that's you, I want to utilize that stuff for the kingdom. All right, I want to become more aware of that. Right on, right on, exactly. All right, so, so let's pray corporately together. Father, the hands that have been raised, the, all the stuff that you're laying on people's hearts and minds right now, regardless of whether they're going public with it or whether you're just keeping it down in a secret part of their life, Lord, I, I just pray that you would just minister to them, that you would speak to them. God, that we as a faith body that calls you our Lord and you our Savior, that we would step deeply into giving and utilizing the stuff that you give us for your kingdom. Help us to learn that and be creative in that, Lord. Love you, Father, in your name.